How is monthly event Victory Road any different from weekly program Impact? Well, now Impact is on uh, a terrestrial provider. Maybe that's going to become something like WWE or WWF superstars used to be. Maybe they're going to put forward squash matches or maybe it's going to stay the same. Well, let's see what Victory Road had in store. It's interesting to see the Rascals versus Triple XL as your first match. I mean, it's a standard big versus um, quick tag team match. And actually, it was a bit refreshing. Didn't expect to see it. And I thought it was, I thought it was, it was, it was a, a good piece of work. Very um, pleased that I, I shouldn't have been shocked. I knew this. Very pleased that the work that Triple X Al do in the ring. You know, that's they are big men who can really move in that ring. So, early on, the um, Des tried to get AC, AC Baby down after a dive, tried a second time, tasted a punch, then he, uh, then Wentz had a go, this is all on the outside, and AC took him, uh, grabbed him and slammed him onto Des. You know, and um, the Rascals did take quite an assault early on. There's some really nice athletic work from Larry D. You know, he also mocks their their little hello um, thing they do. Quite good, a nice, uh, a nice stomp and a great big splash on Des. But of course the Rascals come back. You can't keep this tag team down. He hits some kicks and hits a standing moonsault on Larry. But they come back with a lovely sandwich. Des is the filling. And then two splashes and a near fall. There is, of course, a, a lovely um, finish to this. It's a Des springboard kick. Really athletic. A corkscrew splash, the final flash. And a pin. To start with, a great match, showing what their tag team, um, their tag team roster can do. It's quite deep, and I suppose what you're doing is at the moment you're saying to the Rascals, "Well, you're not really in the tag team title frame, but we'll put you out with all sorts of other teams, and they can have a good match with them." This was a really good match. Nice way to start. Myers versus Dreamer is up next, and you know. Myers does need people to get him over. Willie Max done that job, and now Dreamer is doing that. And this actually wasn't bad at all, but a bit down on Myers, you know. And I, I don't think he's got the um, the huge flash that he should have for a, a, a WWE cast off. You know, I'm, I'm the same with EC3. I'm the same with EY. I'm the same with Heath to a certain extent. But this was all right. Early on, Myers did a lovely, he brutalised Dreamer a bit, put him down, and did a lovely, you still got it, chant, which was really lovely. They had a great headlock transition and, uh, and uh, spots and some nice grappling here, some mat work. Now, that's something I want to see from both of those, particularly as I know they can both do it. 
Dreamer hit a nice um, running drop kick on the outside and then a clothesline off the apron. He then tried to hit a sky high but only managed to get one leg and said to the ref, that worked for D'Lo for years. <laughs> it's really nice that it's really um, refreshing that they have some sense of humour here and a sense of fun. This is what this is what, one of the things that um, puts impact above other smaller wrestling federations. A big time cutter then from Myers. A DDT from him. Myers hold the but Dreamer held the ropes. This cutter gave a long kick out from Dreamer, a long two. Then another DDT from Dreamer this time. But Myers had his foot on the bottom strand. This mirroring really, it really um, looks good. Finally, after crotching Dreamer on the on the top buckle, he hits a lariat, which I know he's delighted about because I've seen his social media and he's showing that as much as he can on his Twitter page. There was a pin and it was a solid match. They had a solid match. And you know, later on, Dreamer is going to offer his hand to say, good match, well done, you beat me. And Myers is going to say, I'm not, I'm not shaking your hand. You, you weren't the innovator of violence out there. I don't know what you brought to the table today. And Dreamer will say, if you want to see the innovator of violence, then you'll see that person on Tuesday. So we've got that match coming up. So now, Impact teases matches for Victory Road, and Victory Road teases matches for Impact. Okay. We've got the usual Moose stuff. He doesn't want to wrestle. He can't concentrate. EC3 is getting in his head. You know, the, the only way EC3 is getting in my head is to make me think he's a complete and utter bore. Still, on to Rohit. The Beat Rohit challenge is on, and he is giving an open challenge to anybody. It runs a bit counter this, you see. This is something that's there, obviously, for Victory Row because they want to make it a bit special. But the thing about Rohit is that he's trying to control who fights against him for the X Division Championship. So really, all that stuff you've built up on Impact, that is all lost when you have Rohit come out and say, I'll, I'll meet anybody from the back. Really? Well, why wouldn't TJP walk out there? He's one of the ones who wants the match. You know, why wouldn't Chris Bay walk out there? He's one of the ones who wants that, that championship belt. It, it's really bad booking. And we have Willie Mack, who comes out, who you know is off the pace at the moment. I don't know what he said in the back, or I don't know what he said to the brass, but he's really just being brought out to put people over. And we know even from the start, even though we think this might be a good match, we know who's going over here. It's not going to be Willie because you've got Rohit in a big angle here. It was an okay match. Mac hit a, a, a Rana early on with Rohit very cheesed off about that. And I like the way that Rohit talks to himself. He's always saying, come on, Rohit, you can do this. I know I can. And it's, it's lovely. And there's one bit where he just... He puts Mac down and screams, Opportunity! <laughs> I do like his character. But they need to work on it in a better way and have some consistency. Rohit 
hits a nice head kick. There's a long two two kick out from from Willie, but Willie fires back with with a, a, a slam with or with real authority. Then a leg drop. Then he puts his standing moonsault together, and a long two count from Rogue Heat. I I, I really want to, I enjoyed seeing the way that Rohit wrenches, he really wrenches, cinches in a cross face. And he's, he takes it, keeps it on, even though Mac is trying to roll through and reverse it. Eventually, Rohit takes a count out win and that feeds into him being a, um, a cocky heel who's also a coward. But really, this match didn't provide much. They didn't gel together very much. And there was very little reason for it. Because you've already set up something else on Impact. Now you're doing the absolute opposite on Victory Road. So you've kind of ruined that angle. And there was no, uh, there's no thought that Rohit would really lose this. Why would he? Shame on you, Impact. Real shame. And this was a real shame as well. After last week's Impact where Shamrock turned up, put the uh, the ankle lock on, on Eddie. And Callahan was there and they said, is he some kind of puppet master? And I was really hoping there would be a tag team. Well, we had a discussion here where um, Callahan and, and Shamrock were there and Callahan just spoke for Shamrock. And he he basically said, you know, I'm he's my best friend. You know, I'm, he's my best friend. At that point, Ken raised his eyebrows a little, which I liked. That was really the only work he got in here because Callahan dominated, said, look at this. He's, he's, we're doing so, we're doing so well. Look at this. It's, it's fumbled for his phone. Seemed to take an age to get it out. Then showed on the screen. Look at that. 45 billion retweets. It, all right. Well, if you're going to, if you're going to do something like that, and it's going to be a, a sort of gonzo um, angle or gonzo promo. Don't give us 45 billion retweets. It's not funny, actually, mate. Really, you do need... Every joke needs to have some basis in reality. There simply doesn't. And it was a wasted opportunity. I hope they go somewhere with this in future impacts. But I'm beginning to worry about the way they're going to take it. Now... To one of the matches of the night. It's the rubber match between Dashwood and um, Jordan Grace. Caleb's in the middle, he can be heard, but he's doing the same thing as usual, he needs better material. But the match itself was a really fine match. They hit some great spots and they really told a story which was that, you know, this is the rubber match, this is, we are one all at the moment and it really doesn't matter who wins here. I love to Neil Dashwood's um, new, uh, well, her, her, an extension of the character she's been playing in the ring for so long. They traded some submission moves early on. There was some um, brutal smashing to the back of Tennille. And again, which they had on, on Impact on Tuesday, a, a hank of hair was pulled out. Now, I don't know whose it was, but it looked like it was Jordan Grace's, which, which I really like, actually. I think that's a good spot. Dangerous spot, but a good spot. Painful spot, but a good spot. Tennille was smashed to the guardrail, but then she reversed it and smashed Jordan onto the guardrail. And what we got was quite a lot of that mirroring tonight. And that really did work, I think. The stuff with Caleb on the, on the, on the, the side, 
uh, distracting, but also filming and you know filming video to put onto onto Instagram. Great moment when um, Tennille Dashwood smashed Jordan Grace's face into the uh, ring steps, into the the steel apparently ring steps, and it's videoed. And then they look at it together and laugh, and we see it. We see the we see the video. The camera sees the video, but they're so enthralled in that that. Um, Dashwood almost misses the 10 count and just gets in at 9. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, Grace is putting the tree of woe. It is so good to see this old school move that Tanil likes to use. Then she goes outside and pulls back on the hair, which really talks on the neck. That, that's, that's super, super move. Super. And then um, Tanil is tapping to... Um, Jordan Grace's submission as she has before but Caleb is distracting her Tennille Dashwood hits the spotlight pin and we get the pin the spotlight kick should I say and we get the pin but this was a really good high octane match as I say told a story they seemed to really care about what the outcome was which is very important and I really enjoyed it while it was there and here's something I thought was going to be extremely exciting and I was really going to enjoy this one of the matches I was really looking forward to if you've listened to um, my impact ramble uh, review and many many have thank you so much this is the unsanctioned match because of course Heath doesn't work here I'll use that phrase again he doesn't work here what's he doing here against Reno Scum so it's Rhino and Heath versus Reno Scum unsanctioned both these teams can be naughty and I expected this might be some kind of arena wide brawl or maybe they will use some weapons or something we haven't seen before but no this was just a standard and not even all that good match the spots were this Heath was brutalised by both members of Reno Scum for ages, got the hot tag, a la Big Daddy and Davy Boy Smith, if you remember those two. There was a pit stop, a la Nasty Boys, or Pity City as I think they like to call it, and Heath got the pin, of course he did, and it was only okay. Afterwards, Scott Damore said, yeah, let's, have a, let's sit down on Tuesday and see if we can get you a contract. I'm not interested in that. If this is the kind of work they can come up with, I'm not really interested. You missed a trick. It could have been something special for an event that you want to make special. And it simply wasn't. You know, when we call something unsanctioned, we have a certain semiotic feel to it. We think that's been used so often, you know, around brutal matches. So when you call it unsanctioned, tell us why you're calling it that. I was disappointed. And not for the first time in this in this in this event, because now we've got Moose versus Trey. I like both the wrestlers here, but why? Josh Matthews explains. Well, you know they've got previous here. Remember a few weeks ago when when Moose was in the clubhouse, and remember and remember if you're going to have to tell us that they've got previous here, then the brass are thinking there really isn't much point to this. It wasn't a great match either. Uh, Moose catches him in a rana early on, but Trey landed on his feet, and he uh, a, a, a chop knocked him down, knocked Trey down. He was constantly asking, "Where's EC3? Where's my belt?" Now that was a good 
a good touch. And the work in the EC3 Moose angle has really all been on Moose. If you take him out of the equation, this is not very good at all. Ray, uh, Trey is thrown off the turnbuckle, but again, uh, and again, this time he lands hard. There is a big drop kick. He's thrown hard on the buckle. There's a large rock bottom on him. But he comes back with kicks, a dive to the outside twice, and then a moonsault, but Moose catches him. In fact, they have to do that spot twice because the first time it didn't quite work properly. So he deposits him face first onto the apron. Then we get EC's logo on the screen. Moose is distracted. There's a roll up and Trey wins. But really, it doesn't really matter whether who got the pin at all because it's all about setting up EC3 because you put a lot of money into it. So Moose goes to the production truck. So he must be in, must be there. Gets locked into the production truck. There's a lot of noise that he's covering his ears. He then gets out, sees the belt, surrounded by candles. What's this? He says. EC3 knocks him down, knocks him out, seemingly. So you've jobbed out Moose there as well. Just his usual stuff. There'll be a funeral next week. Well, I hope there's a funeral for this angle because that is what I want to see. This is a bore. If I wanted to continue being bored, I could have a look at Pick TV. Now this though, should be a match that, in which a lot is going on. Because it's Austin versus Alexander versus Anderson versus Shelley. Say it three times fast. You've got one member of each of those tag teams because that's where we're going with the tag team, um, uh, with the tag team championships at the pay-per-view so you've got to push that and there was a lot of work in here it's not tornado rules so they have to align themselves on a, as a tag team and they have to they have to um, tag in and apart from seeing people slap each other to tag in which was always nice to see we don't really understand why people would be aligned with each other. It would be nice to explain why you've aligned Ace Austin with Alexander and Anderson with Shelley, because actually they don't all get on at all, do they? And it's not as if you're looking at faces versus heels, because quite a lot of these tag teams are tweeners, aren't they? So, some of the action from this. Oh, and by the way, the graphic when Anderson came down said, said with Ethan Page. No, I don't think so, mate. He's with Doc Gallows, isn't he? You really need to get that sorted. So, Anderson slaps to bring Austin in, who really sells it. That's Austin can do that so well. And he nearly took Shelley's face off with a drop kick. He really introduced him to the sole of his boot. There's a, a nice spot where Anderson and Alexander ask Gallows to hit them on the outside, but he won't. And Shelley shows his superiority. In fact, I think he produced the best wrestling here, generally. Um, it's a dragon leg screw on both Austin and Alexander. Then tries a single leg Boston on both. He then shivers Anderson with a punch. I mean, really? I mean, he, you know, he must have felt that to his very toenails. We get the Austin card spot on Shelley. And then Shelley comes back with a, with a great snap on a suplex. He lands very high on, 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 on his neck there, Austin. Sells it well, but I suspect he didn't need to sell very much. Then all their mates gets involved, get involved. And Fulton, he, Fulton and Austin are the only ones in the ring. Fulton carries Austin over his head, slowly walks to the edge. 
of the ring to throw him on everyone else, but the ref gets involved and says, you all got to go to the back. Okay, we understand that. So Shelley, super kicks, Anderson, then takes Alexander and Austin off the top in a triple suplex spot. And uh, Anderson breaks that up and takes the win with a double underhook pile driver, which is executed beautifully. Looks brutal, but looks smooth and sinuous. And that's what I want to see from wrestlers. Alexander can do that. A good match. Not much point to it. Fun to see. Quite a lot of action. These can all wrestle. And that was fine. Ah, now we've got Donna Perrazzo versus Susie. I'm not massively keen on Donna Perrazzo, and you know that. I don't think she's much good outside the ring. In the ring, she's a little better, but I don't think she's great. And actually, this match wasn't great either, until the end of it, towards the end. By the way, Donna Perrazzo, you know her Fujiwara armbar, she calls it the Venus de Milo because there's no arms, see? <laughs> As Josh Matthews said. And he's laughing all the way through the, this commentary because he loves working with Madison Rain, of course. She's making him laugh. He says, it's great painting, great painting. She says, it's a statue, you fool. <laughs> that's really nicely done. Um, but calling it the Venus de Milo, that's not, not ideal. Susie hits a very poor drive to the floor. Um, Donna pulled Susie out of the corner, pulled her by her shoulder, so she flips out of the corner. She hits it hard. And Perrazzo hits the ring post hard. And um, Susie hits big strikes and punches, of course. We're looking about whether she's going to transition back into Sue Young. Kimberly distracts so that Perrazzo can get herself back together. And then towards the end, they started working on... Um, Perrazzo started going for her armbar. So she, she hit a leg sweep into that armbar. Sue Young rolled through it. She hit the panic switch, but um, Perrazzo got out the back of it and gets the armbar very smoothly into the armbar. Susie rolls through again. And then snaps Susie's arm into the armbar, then hits a double armbar. And Susie has to tap um, verbally because she can't get her arm to tap on the mat, which is not very nice to see. And in the end, they brutalise both Kylie Ray, who's there as well, of course, and they put um, Susie's arm into a chair and pilmanise it, because they are really nasty people. And so, inevitably... To your main event, which is your champion, EY, Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards, who is on one bad wheel, remember? After the ankle lock and all of that. And you know what? This was the match of the night. And I think I liked it so much, so I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting a great match, and we got one. It was a well-told story because of the ankle. Can he do the Boston knee party? Can Eddie do that? That's his finisher. It was brutal. And it really worked for me. So some of the spots here. EY hit a neck breaker between the buckles, which looked so nasty. Eddie unpacked his backpack stunner. Always delivers that well. 
there was a, a um, an ankle smash from EY onto the apron, then the steps, then he, then kicks to the leg, uh, while while the leg was entwined in a guardrail. He go he went for the ankle lock. Um, Eddie hit a blue thunder bomb, but EY landed on his stomach. I don't know if that was botched or not. They were trying to explain it on commentary. I think he might have turned in midair, so he hit it again. Long two count. EY hit a big elbow drop. Shades of Macho Man. Kick out. A pile driver attempt was reversed by Eddie. Hit a lovely tiger driver. Then he went for the Boston Knee Party. That wasn't effective either. And they tried to explain that as well. I think um, I think uh, Eric might have got his, his hand up. I don't know what happened there. But what a great spot. A blue thunder bomb off the second rope for inevitably a long two. Wow, that was really fine to see. Um, Eddie uh, is, uh, is, is thrown knees first from the top of the mat, onto the mat. So he comes off the turnbuckle, hits with his knees on the mat. EY smiles, takes the ankle lock, but Eddie's shoe comes off. He hits the Boston knee party. He's going to win. Foot on the ropes. That was a very heart-in-mouth moment. EY, of course, it's the pile driver. He does hit that well. And an E-bar to a tap. It's brutal. It's methodical. Rich Swan came in at the end and, and, and fought him off. But actually, no reason to do that, in a way, because that match was a good match. And EY won clean. His eye is closed at the end of it swelling up and closed and it was a really brutal violent match but it told a good story and I liked it I liked it a lot so there you have it we didn't have Wrestle House or any of the holdover from that like the wedding which was great there was no Johnny Bravo at all and for that much thanks but what was this what was the difference between this an addition of impact? Not much, really. So we'll see what happens on Tuesday. But this was something that I can see most Tuesdays. And really, they need to settle into what is special about these monthly events. Because at the moment, it was great to see. And it's a four out of five. And there was some superb wrestling here. But I would expect to see that on impact. And when you have really pushed that show so well, to do a monthly show just apes what you've already done. It's a conundrum. It's a head-scratcher. Let's see how they get round it. Ta-ta!